This is the Truth Podcast, where we question everything and no topic is off limits. I got it all covered. Discover the truths about topics you were never taught in school. Learn the uncomfortable and inconvenient truths about current events, geopolitics, culture, economics, and healthcare. You're now listening to the Truth Podcast. Question everything. And now your host, Richard. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of Your Truth Podcast. Question everything. I'm your host, Richard, as always. It is Monday, November 4, 2019. And we are back for another explosive topic here in the month of November. Man, this year is going by quick. And can you imagine? We are literally a year away from the 2020 election. It's incredible how time flies. So, before we get into this week's topic, I, of course, want to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Brave Browser. Do you want a web browser made for the internet of today? We created technology that automatically blocks trackers, annoying ads, and shields everything. You can expect browser speeds up to seven times faster on mobile. Try Brave. It's faster, safer, and ad-free. All right, so be sure to check out Brave Bowser and download it. Give it a shot. Give it a try. I think you'll like it. It has replaced my previous browser of choice, which was Google Chrome. And uh, I like it much better. And it's also much more safer and it doesn't track you. So I will have the link in the description for this podcast. But be sure to give it a try and perhaps let me know what you think about it. All right. I do want to thank some of you listeners that have been listening to the Truth Podcast since our inception. We have grown over the last few weeks, and uh, I do want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, thank you for your support. We do have a Patreon page if you want to donate. And of course, be sure to spread the message, share the videos and the podcast to your friends and family. We need to get the truth out there. It is time. All right. I do want to remind you that I'm also available on social media at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Truth Podcast QE. Of course, we have an official website, truthpodcast.net. And I do want to unt- let you know that we are now available on iHeartRadio. So we continue to expand with the truth getting out there. All right. So let's get into this week's topic climate change, the biggest hoax in American history. Obama knew, John Kerry knew, and Al Gore. The man who has made an enormous amount of money perpetuating the biggest hoax foisted on human race knew too. Human-inspired climate change is a ruse. It's all about a control-grabbing, land-grabbing, money-grabbing hoax. For instance, Al Gore, the king of carbon credits, whose home has a giant footprint, and of course who flies all over the world in private jets has raked in millions from his green investments and sustainability research. This after preaching and a convenient truth that fossil fuel is a culprit in global warming. Well, the real inconvenient truth is that the Earth's climate has been warming and cooling and dramatically changing since the beginning of time. How many of us know that China's sea captains reported melting ice caps as far back as 1434. Mega earthquakes and tsunamis as well as blizzards, raging fires, 
crippling droughts, powerful storms, horrific tornadoes, and scorching heat waves, they've all been around since antiquity. Climate deniers, as the alarmists so lovingly refer to us, do acknowledge changes in the climate, but most of us do not accept the premise that human activity is the cause. Recently, the hoax has been ramping up. President Obama exhorts that slow climate change progress can be blamed on confused, blind races shrouded in hate. Well, Obama's a far cry from a cool, rational character. I mean, his cynical rhetoric continues to divide Americans and cuts off debate. The latest forecast from the UN's Intergovernment Panel on Climate Change adds more fuel to the fire. Their scare tactic is to tell you that we're doomed. The panel decries that carbon emissions must fall 45% by 2030. And on top of that, in the Federal Climate Assessment Report that was issued last year, that came a dire warning to Americans that climate change will negatively affect Americans physically, socially, and economically. That fact is elementary. Horrible weather does and has had severe ramifications for humans throughout the world since the beginning of time. Rising sea levels, ocean change, and global warming, well, now referred to as climate change, has become part of the vernacular despite severely flawed global warming models. However, local and global foot soldiers in the liberal progressive socialist agenda that was hatched at the UN Brundtland Commission in 1987 continue to foster this ruse about sustainable development, its principal buzzword. And, a word to the wise, changing code words faster than weather does not change facts. Liberal progressives very effectively created this giant hoax. The UN and its sycophants realized, brilliantly might I add, that to continue their agenda, they would have to go beyond the Brooklyn Report and would then require the targeting of private property with oppressive regulation. Had to be established on a local level first, for example, Agenda 21. Agenda 21 is not just a toothless socialist agenda, but rather it is a radical extremist environmentalist agenda that poses a threat to all of our liberties. Recognizing that local governments, Agenda 21, are agents of change, the UN began redrafting a so-called environmental constitution. This covenant, as they call it, gives the UN authority over the entire globe. Unbelievably, it is being enforced despite the fact that the science behind the ruse is seriously flawed. And history affords us the inconvenient truth that historical facts put a giant hole in their human-inspired climate change theory. Environmentalists have been gobbling up land with regulations based on bad science and greed for years. Consider the fact that if we got rid of fossil fuels by making them non-competitive, radical environmentalists with their sketchy green technology are poised to take unprecedented control over private property and pocket billions of more dollars. Climate change hype is a giant cash cow. The underlying premise of their claim seems to be that there's a right temperature for the earth. Now, watch them sputter when you inquire about that perfect setting for Earth's thermostat. Remember, if you ask questions, you hate science. Man-made climate change is largely a myth promoted by politicians to scare the public into accepting a vast expansion of government to supposedly stop global warming. 
Global warming is a manufactured problem played up by the government to instigate a public reaction, fear. The government then exploits to offer a predetermined solution, the expansion of government at the public's expense. This strategy, known as Hegelian dialectic, has been used successfully by politicians for thousands of years to expand government, which can only grow at the expense of individual liberties. The Bush administration used this strategy successfully in 2003 when it gained enough public support for the invasion of Iraq by claiming the country had weapons of mass destruction. And the war ultimately expanded the military-industrial complex and America's emerging police state. Today, global warming is used as the boogeyman because it allows the United Nations to scare the world's population into believing man-made climate change is too big of a threat for their country to handle alone and thus it can only be defeated through the expansions of the UN at the expense of their nation's sovereignty. And state-funded scientists are given thousands and even millions of dollars to help promote the myth of global warming by fitting their data into the fear-mongering agenda. Did you know that the global change industry is worth an annual $1.5 trillion per year? According to the Climate Change Business Journal, that's the equivalent of $4 billion a day spent on vital stuff like carbon trading, biofuels, and wind turbines. It's also the same amount the world spends every year on online shopping. But there's a subtle difference between these two industries, the global warming one and the online shopping one. Can you guess what it is? Well, it's like this. When you go to, say, Macy's uh, to buy a nice shirt or maybe perhaps Amazon to buy a, a box set of Game of Thrones, right? No one is holding a gun to your head. You are buying these things of your own free volition, either for yourself or for someone you love. You have paid for them out of your own money because you have made the calculation that they will make your life that little bit better. Better than it would have been, say, if you kept the money in the bank account or spent it on something less desirable. Well, on the other hand, you buy stuff from the climate change industry, you have no choice in the matter whatsoever. It's already priced into your taxes, your electricity bill, uh, the cost of your gas, the cost of your airfare, uh, the cost of every product you buy and every service you use. It is utterly inescapable, this expenditure. Yet, unlike online shopping, which, remember, costs roughly the same as you spend each year on the climate change industry, you get precisely nothing in return. No, it's, it's worse than that. You actually get less than nothing. You get stuff forced on you that you really don't want. And then there are the people who benefit financially from this $1.5 trillion climate change industry. The carbon traders, the dodgy academics, the vulture capitalists pecking on the bloated carcass of renewable energy, the environmental NGOs, the environmental consultancies who specialize in giving expert testimony at planning appeals, the sustainability officers at every level of local government, the green advisors attached to every business who advise them on how to reduce their CO2 count, the PR companies that specialize in green awareness. These people, they don't deserve your money at all. I mean, not a single penny. Now look, I don't begrudge anyone the right to earn a living just so as long as you're providing someone somewhere with something that they actually need. 
Not a single person working in the climate change industry fulfills this criterion. Not one. I mean, if you scrapped Michael Mann's job tomorrow, the world would not suffer the slightest loss, and science would be all the better for it. Sure, you might argue that there's some kind of trickle-down effect as the money we're forced to pay these shysters and these bludgers and charlatans and scroungers you know, via various taxes and tariffs might feed back into the economy, but you can make the same argument were these people paid the same amount of money by the government to dig holes in the ground and fill them up again, which would be a vastly preferable use of taxpayer money because then these utterly useless parasites would be reminded every day of how pointless the work they actually do is, whereas as things are Many of them suffer under the delusion that their green non-jobs are somehow virtuous and important. Alright, so I know what you're thinking. You're like, Richard, how about some actual facts that prove that this climate alarm is just a real big scam? Well, I'm going to give you three, and then we'll end it right there. First, no one I know denies that climate changes both warmer and colder, and for better and worse. Not so very long ago, U.S. cooling of about 1.3 degrees Fahrenheit between 1945 and 1975 prompted the New York Times and other major news publications to headline experts trumpeting the arrival of a new ice age. During modern times, the global climate has been warming in fits and starts since the last little ice age. Well, not a true ice age, but it ended around 200 years ago. Yet, apart from the entirely natural 1998 and 2005 ocean El Nino spikes, satellite and weather balloon measurements show no statistically significant global warming for nearly two decades. U.S. surface records obtained from the most reliable thermometer stations, those that of course are not corrupted by local heat island influences such as instrument relocations, urban developments, or other man-made changes, show no significant warming over the past 80 years. There have been more all-time U.S. cold records than heat records since the 1940s. That's a fact. Now, based upon the most reliable land surface data from the U.K. Hadley Center, the average annual planetary warming between 1850 and 2015 is virtually imperceptible and certainly not dangerous. 2. Contrary to prevalent fear-mongering, sea levels have been rising at a constant rate of a barely 7 inches per century without any measured acceleration. Even the latest 2013 IPCC report states it's likely that global mean sea level rose between 1920 and 1950 at a rate comparable to that observed between 1993 and 2010. Periodic Arctic warming cycles have been reported by whalers and explorers dating back centuries. Alpine glaciers at the Glacier National Park have been receding since the Little Ice Age ended. Incidentally, polar bear populations are now at a record high. As for the sensationalized melting of the West Antarctic ice sheet, a British Antarctic survey reported that this was within the natural range of climate variability over the past 300 years and that more dramatic isotopic warming and cooling trends occurred in the mid-19th and 18th centuries. Overall, the Antarctic ice mass has been steadily growing since first recorded by NASA satellites in 1979. The 2013-2014 expanses exceeded all previous measurements. 
Regarding that extreme weather we've been warned about, <laughs> no Category 3 to 5 hurricanes have struck the U.S. coast since October 2005, setting a record low since 1900. Both the NOAA and the IPCC have admitted that there has been no increase in the severity or frequency of droughts, floods, thunderstorms, or tornadoes in decades, nor has the number of U.S. wildfires increased. And then my final point. So, how much confidence should we place upon IPCC objectivity to guide regulatory policies? Consider but a couple of statements from key inside sources in their own words. As written in a 2007 journal, Nature article by Kevin Trenberth, a lead author of 2001 and 2007 IPCC reports, none of the global climate simulation models used by the IPCC are initialized to the observed state, and none of the climate states in the models correspond even remotely to the current observed state. Trenberth associate Tom Wigley of the National Center for Atmospheric Research wrote in an internal email, Mike, the report figure you sent is very deceptive. There has been a number of dishonest presentations of model results by individual authors and by IPCC. Odar Endehofer, who was a lead author of the IPCC's fourth assessment report, which was done in 2007, summed up the situation quite clearly. Speaking in 2010, he advised, One has to free himself from the illusion that international climate policy is environmental policy. Instead, climate change policy is about how we redistribute de facto the world's wealth. Or as UN climate change or as UN climate chief Christina Figueres candidly remarked, the true aim of the recent Paris climate conference was to change the capitalist economic development model that has been reigning for the last 150 years since the Industrial Revolution. No. None of this global warming or aka climate change alarmism is based upon any objective science. It never was. Well guys, we'll wrap it up right there. I thank you so much for listening to the Truth Podcast and supporting the growth of this podcast. Again, please remind your friends and family about this podcast. Of course, be sure to like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And of course, be sure to share this. And give us a great rating on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all of the other major podcast platforms. I hope to see you guys next week right here on the Truth Podcast where we question everything. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Take care. God bless.